Well, good morning and welcome to Thursday morning. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, it is a busy day today. There's a lot going on. We've got Minister of Sask Energy, Dustin Duncan, in Ottawa on Parliament Hill, posting videos saying we will not remit the carbon tax. So is he going to end up in handcuffs and shackles in front of the Parliament buildings? I, I, I doubt it. But... I mean, we've been waiting to hear whether or not they're going to remit the tax. Now we know. The STF, the teachers have just announced they have another news conference coming up this afternoon. one they'll let us know what's going to be happening for next week in terms of teacher sanctions, strike action with regard to the ongoing dispute. Of course, they're frantically finishing the ice for the briar, which starts up tomorrow in the city. And the riders are busy retracting their girl math infographic that they sent out on email that did not meet with the uh, open arms that they hoped that it would. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this uh, at 1130, the whole girl math thing. But before that, this actually made me think of an article that I read in the Globe and Mail, a great article on the notion of basically finances when it comes to Gen Z. The newest generation, how they refer to finances, and, you know, is it detrimental, basically, was the the intent behind the article. It was written by Dr. Preet Banerjee, who was originally trained as a neuroscientist. Now he's excelling. This guy is doing great things in the world of finance. You may have seen him as a financial panelist on CBC's The National. He contributes to Global's morning show, Preet Banerjee inspires others to become financially empowered through world-class expertise and I, I just a really good, unique ability to take the complexity out of money manners. And he joins us from the UK this morning. Dr. Banerjee, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Evan. It's a real pleasure. So let's start by talking about this article that I read in the Globe and Mail. You wrote, it's called Gen Z finance terms such as doom spending and loud budgeting is a rebranding of old concepts. Is there a downside? What prompted you to write this article? Well, there's been a number of trends that have been going around on TikTok that use terms like doom spending, loud budgeting, girl math, and things of that nature. And they've been going very viral uh, for particularly Generation Z and people in that generation. And it sounds like a different language. And when you take a look at some of these concepts, what you'll find is that they're actually a rebranding of some very timeless old concepts. So doom spending is probably more akin to retail therapy. So someone who is maybe Gen X or a boomer might be more familiar with that concept. But there are some subtle differences. So, for example, with doom spending, it's a little bit more financial existentialist based. And uh, the reason I say that is you've got an entire generation who's grown up watching, you know, Wall Street get bailed out for doing bad things. They have job precarity, huge student loans. The idea of buying a house in many cities around the country seems unfathomable. And so as a sort of form of therapy, they'll say, well, you know what, I need to at least have some kind of enjoyment in life. So I'm going to spend a little bit more frivolously now because there's nothing really going around. uh, There's nothing really out there for me to look forward to. So, but this is really, again, kind of a different version of retail therapy. And it's the same with this new loud budgeting trend, which has been going viral for a little while on TikTok. 
And really what it's doing is it's giving people the cover to say, I don't want to spend money on X or I can't afford to do that. And what I think a lot of people may recognize is that with younger generations, sometimes there's a difference in the way we confront certain issues and problems, especially when it comes to financial stress. Instead of actually maybe taking the hard choice, they deal with a lot of anxiety and it builds up internally. And so what this trend is doing, it's actually an outlet for a lot of them to say, look, I've got something to say that I can stand behind that can help me say no to these situations because everyone in my generation understand what it means. Mm. It's like a justification for for the reason they're, for example, not spending the money or maybe the, the reason that they are. Dr. Preet Banerjee is my guest, a behavioral finance expert and uh, author of this Globe and Mail article that I'm referring to. I just mentioned before I introduced you, we're going through a bit of a an interesting time in the city here because uh and the province because of girl math being used in an ad or an infographic that our football team is using so they sent it out to season ticket holders it had basically girl math and and but didn't really explain what it was and i think it it fell on the hands and laps of people who were scratching their head and actually found it found it as as quite a sexist term without really understanding what it means right yeah so this is a perfect example of the generational divide because i would guess that most season ticket holders are probably not gen z there's probably a low percentage of Gen Z who are season ticket holders as compared to Gen X or boomers uh, or Generation Y. And so while a younger person would perfectly know what girl math is and what that mean is, someone who is not on TikTok, uh, someone who is older, tends not to be on TikTok, they're going to see that for the first time and say, hold on a second, this sounds pretty sexist. And so the girl math meme on TikTok, you know, most people who are, uh, you know, using that and sharing those memes, they don't see it as a, as a sexist thing. And this is, again, that's a rebranding of an old concept. So, you know, from the world of behavioral finance, it's very much associated with the concept known as mental accounting, which basically means that we treat different pots of money differently depending on where it was sourced from. So a perfect example is, you know, if you have someone who earns a regular paycheck and they get an annual bonus, they treat their salary more for things that are, you know, their fixed living expenses, things are sort of required. When you get a bonus, you have a tendency to want to splurge with it. So even though a dollar in salary and a dollar in bonus is worth $1 in terms of what you can buy, we think about different pots of money differently. And that's just called mental accounting. And that's kind of what girl math, that meme has kind of been explaining. And so, for example, you know, uh, again, most people now in Canada, we very rarely use cash. So when you come across, you know, a $5 bill, a $10 bill, some people just treat it mentally differently and say, oh, wow, I found this five bucks. I'm going to spend it on a latte, which I maybe not may not normally buy on a daily basis, but they're treating that money differently depending on where it comes from. And that's just mental accounting, which to Generation Z is more known as girl math. <laughs> Dr. Preet Banerjee is my guest, behavioral finance expert, the author of an uh, article in the Globe and Mail from uh, this week that uh, speaks to how Gen Z finance terms like doom spending, loud budgeting, girl math is basically a rebranding of old concepts. If that's true, is there a downside to this, Preet? Yeah, potentially. So, you know, on one hand, I think it's 
a common tendency for older generations to scoff at this and say, oh, you're just coming up with new buzzwords, which is something that social media is all about. There's this idea of trying to coin new terms to get famous. And so you'll see all the time people are trying to create these new labels for behaviors that have existed for a long time, because if you can rebrand it in a smart and clever way, it will trend for a little while, right? And so it's all about clickbait and getting people to, you know, regurgitate these things by putting a different spin on it. So the question is, does this actually lead to good long-term behaviors for, you know, the next generation? And that's where it can and it may not. So, for example, loud budgeting can lead to maybe people, you know, spending a little bit less because now they've got a way to say, listen, I've got this sort of uh, rule that I can apply to myself. There are people around me who understand this meme, this trending meme of loud budgeting and standing up for myself in terms of how much I'm going to spend on certain activities. The question is, is this just going to be a trend? Is this just going to disappear in a couple of months? Because, you know, other than what's happening with your football team, the girl math meme has basically disappeared now. You know, it was super popular at the end of last year. But if you take a look at just Google search uh, trend history, it is now being searched at at a rate of like 5% as much as it was at its the peak of its popularity. So, Preet, what, what you're telling us, Preet, what you're telling us there is not only have they offended people in the province, but they're actually behind the times anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And so the question is, you know, are there going to be enough people where this is going to be sort of the first foray into taking their finances more seriously when it comes to these, you know, financial buzzwords and trends that are on TikTok? Or is it going to be more like fast fashion where it comes and it goes and nothing really sticks? That's really what we need to see. Behavioral finance expert, Dr. Preet Banerjee is my guest. What does, so knowing that really the concepts, I mean, we're giving them different names, but they're, they're similar financial concepts that I would say I was raised on and my father was raised on, maybe just looked at and, and called something different. But what do you know and what do you observe in the role that you're in about the youngest generations that we have when it comes to personal finance? Well, you know, one of the biggest trends is, again, they do feel like they don't have the same opportunities that previous generations have had. And so when people talk to them about, you know, yes, you should start saving now for retirement, they would look at you like you have two heads. What are you talking about? It's going to take me 30 years to save up for a house. So all the the major financial milestones that previous generations enjoyed – all of those goalposts have been completely shifted. And this is why we see a lot of emphasis on, you know, when it comes to uh, quiet quitting and only doing what you're uh, supposed to do at work to get that paycheck. A lot of that has to do with, you know, a different perspective that they have. Because, again, if you take a look at all the financial pressures that they are subject to, it's greater than any previous generation. And so, you know, in terms of what their goals are, they're going to be different. So there is going to be a divide between what we were used to as we grew up and and this sort of dissonance between this this angst of, you know, trying to get these younger people to think the same way that we did because the world is different, so they can't think the same way. And so that's why generationally we're going to have these gaps and we're going to always sort of like look at another generation and say, well, what are you doing? And they're saying, well, what are you doing? <laughs> So part of the work that you do, Dr. Banerjee, is you work with financial advisors who then go out and, and have clients that they're advising. How does this change the way in which you are teaching or motivating financial advisors? And, and adding into that, how does something like AI figure into the future of, of financial planning and investing? 
Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, um, a lot of people will find that there are more tools, software, apps, artificial intelligence that can purport to help people managing their money. Um, and the thing is, it's easier to to be able to manage your own money um, because of these new tools and apps and, and ability for people to open up accounts with lower, um, you know, minimum account sizes and what have you. But at the end of the day, it's still all about psychology. And so even though you have the tools to be able to do things that, you know, previous generations couldn't have done as easily or as cheaply, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do better. And so I'm not saying that it's not possible. What I'm saying is that at the end of the day, money is 90% psychology and 8% math. And that missing 2% is a testament to how unimportant the math is. It's really all about psychology. So whether or not you're using an advisor or doing things your own, you really have to understand what it is you're trying to get out of your life. What are your goals? And so it's still going to be a human-based sort of, you know, decision-making process when it comes to making decisions about money, whether you're using the latest technology or not. And so for advisors, you know, what I suggest to them is these tools are not necessarily going to replace all advisors. They're going to augment their ability to deal with more people at the same time. And I think this is a real challenge because historically, unless you have a lot of money, your access to good quality advice is a little bit lower than than average. So hopefully with the advent of these new tools and technology, it will allow better quality advice to get to, you know, uh, households that traditionally have been shut out of good quality advice. Dr. Preet Banerjee is my guest, behavioral finance expert. Uh, we're almost out of time, doctor, but I do want to ask, I saw an interview that you did where you talked about how people are generally hardwired to make bad money decisions. Why did you say that? <laughs> well, it's... Uh... A lengthy explanation, but I'll condense it as quickly as I can. Um, generally speaking, if you think about from an evolutionary perspective, 99.999% of our time on Earth has all been about surviving until tomorrow morning, right? Getting food, um, getting out of fights, winning fights. It's all about short-term survival. And money is all about long-term trade-offs. Any financial decision you can think of, I can break it down into a trade-off between something you give up today in exchange for something tomorrow. So, for example, if you want to save for retirement, you have to give up current consumption, put that away, invest it, and hopefully you have more money down the road. So that's a long-term trade-off choice. But the problem is we, uh, evolutionary speaking, have really only been used to making short-term decisions. So thinking about long-term trade-offs is, from an evolutionary perspective, relatively new. So we're not generally that good at it, which is why we have to sit down and really think about the long-term. Uh, otherwise, it's so abstract. You know, saving for retirement, which is 40 years away, you feel the pain of saving money today and foregoing consumption because it's psychologically magnified because it happens in the present. But that payoff in the future, which should be a larger pot of money, psychologically it's minimized because it's so far in the future, it feels like a smaller payoff in exchange for a larger pain of saving today. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so difficult. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Doctor, this has been great. I could have scrolled through hours of TikTok videos to watch and understand doom spending, or I could just call you. And so thank you very much for, in a short time, uh, giving us some understanding. Again, appreciate your article in the Globe and Mail, and I hope we can chat again soon. Thanks so much, Evan. Dr. Preet Banerjee, behavioral finance expert and uh, does some writing in the Globe and Mail. You will catch his article if you read the Globe this week.
on Gen Z finance terms and whether or not there's a downside to that. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. That was a good conversation. I enjoyed that. Dr. Preet Banerjee, who writes for the Globe and Mail, had an article this week, which uh, I was just talking about. Gen Z finance terms such as doom spending and loud budgeting is a rebranding of old concepts. Is there a downside? That's the title of the article. And, you know, I thought it was good. He uh, he gave us some good understanding of how essentially Gen Z, newer generations, view things like budgeting, buying a home, those types of things they view very differently. Frank and I were just chatting off air and Frank said, you know, it's not that the goalposts move. It's like, it's a completely different playing field now. It's not the same. And so when, you know, we were younger and we were looking at buying a house, the down payment, the, the interest rates, all of those things. And I'm not saying we didn't have high interest rates years ago because we, we obviously did uh, sometimes well into the double digits. But scraping up the money for a down payment on an $80,000 house is a lot different than, you know, buying one today for 350 or whatever the case may be. So it's, uh, it's an interesting concept. The, the notion of girl math, though, which is quite topical today, just ask the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, you know, Preet talked about that and how it's, it's just basically another TikTok trend. It's meant to be as a humorous joke. It's, it is, kind of a Gen Z thing. They're using this term as as basically like free money, found money. If you pay for it in advance, by the time the concert comes up, it's like you're going for free because you paid for it three months ago. Um and usually the the videos that are on TikTok, it's it's a young person, usually a young girl, using girl math and their parent or someone is in the background going, what? That makes no sense. It's all about the the joke of it, right? It's just meant to be a joke which there's no doubt the riders were intending it to be a joke as well. I don't think it went over that way. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Brittany Cafe, who is uh, the executive producer of this show, is going to join us just after 1130, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about, about that as well. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.